Yo, 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 yo. You know what time it is. It's another episode of Mind Over Matter. Episode number six with Captain Keith Gall of Frisco Fire Department. Let's get it. Whoa, 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 not quite just yet, you cool cats and kittens. We are going to talk about the podcast very quickly and some ways that you can continue to support the podcast 60 seconds or less guaranteed. I've got my stopwatch in my left hand because I know there's going to be that person out there that tries to time me and keep me in check, but I'm keeping myself in check with this. So if you are as well to keep me accountable, I'm pressing start on my timer in three, two, one. Welcome to another special edition episode of Mind Over Matter. My name is Jimmy. This is my podcast, and thank you so, so much for pressing play. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, your support means a great deal to me, but more importantly, it provides fuel for this podcast to keep trending upwards analytically just like we are. To continue to fuel this podcast, let me tell you three different ways that you can support us. Number one, especially if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, which I know most of you do because I pay attention to the numbers, press subscribe at the top, scroll down a little bit farther after you do that for me, press one star through five star, leave a review. And then if you don't have Apple Podcasts, no big deal. You can help a brother out tremendously by sharing this on your own social media. So if you have Facebook, MySpace, Instagram, Twitter, I don't care what the heck it is, let's get the good word out and keep serving other people. And lastly, number three, if you own your own business or you know somebody who owns their own business who would like to use a podcast as a mean to advertise and get the good word out about your business, please get in contact with me and we will use the space for you to help you connect with other people just like this podcast does. 53 seconds. Haters going to hate. Let's hit it. Captain Keith Gall. And we are live. And across from me right now, I have, he's smiling right now. He's excited. He's ready. I have Captain Keith Gall of the Frisco Fire Department. Cap, thanks for hopping on with me. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Excited? I am extremely excited. I can see yes. it in your face, like I said. <laughs> a little nervous, as usual. I think all of your uh, audience, or all of your members who come on here have been pretty nervous. But Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. Uh, Captain White said it the best. Once you put a microphone in front of somebody's face, the whole ball game changes. Right. <laughs> yeah, you put a mic, uh, more so even a camera, and everything changes from there. Uh-huh. So. The perfect plan goes right out the window. <laughs> Everything you thought about up to this point means nothing. Yes. That's your brain goes to mush, I guess. Uh-huh. Who was your favorite podcast so far out of the ones you listened to? That's a difficult one, but you know, I'd say mostly Captain White. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Just because I relate to him mm-hmm. probably a little bit more. I think as I told you uh, before we started recording this, that him and I have spent probably more time with each other uh, outside the department mm-hmm. um, coming up than than uh, anyone else in the department. So, gotcha. Well, you just shattered Noah and Keegan's and Phrase's heart. How do you feel about that? Well, I don't care about Phrase. <laughs> I'm joking. Old biscuit. Old biscuit. But <laughs> Noah and Keegan's were great. Nothing against theirs, but just as far as. What I can relate to, definitely, Jeff. I totally understand, especially as an officer, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So, Cap, obviously, you work at the fire department. We'll touch on that here in a little bit, but we want to get to know you a little bit first. So, uh, are you from here in Texas? I am. I was actually born in Austin. Ooh, 
Seaton Medical Center, Austin, Texas. Wow. Okay. So what brought you up north? So my mom and dad, they split up after I turned about one years old. And my mom came to East Texas and then eventually made their way up to North Texas with my stepdad. My dad and stepmom stayed down there in Austin. Most all my family's from Austin. So I consider Austin mostly my home, even though I graduated from high school and went to school mostly up here in North Texas. Gotcha. Okay. Did you play any sports growing up as a kid? Yes. So mostly all just football. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of baseball in fifth grade. And I don't know what happened, but I just never continued. <laughs> just baseball. wasn't your thing. I guess not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, back when I was in school, we didn't have much soccer mm-hmm. at a small 3A school. I uh, went to school in Princeton, Texas from oh, fourth man. grade till I graduated. The options were football, basketball, baseball, and track. And so I did football. I'm terrible at basketball. <laughs> I don't know what happened to baseball. But I did track and powerlifting. Awesome. Which one was your favorite out of all of them? Football. Football? Okay. Hands down. <laughs> what position did you play? So it differed. When I was young, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, I was very small. I had a growth spurt between my freshman and sophomore year. Uh-huh. So I used to play like cornerback and receiver, and then I went to playing fullback and linebacker. Awesome. Did you play in college? No. But you have your bachelor's degree, is that correct? I do. So I originally started school when I was 21, Mm -hmm. went up to Missouri, Southwest Missouri State, now known as Missouri State, Uh spent a year and a half up there and decided to come back home. And then I finally finished up my degree in 2015. Mm -hmm. I got my bachelor's of science in economics. Wow. Okay. So what what was your goal? At UTD. At UTD. All right. What's their mascot at UTD? The comets, the comets. Swoosh. <laughs> you missed a, uh, you missed him in the background. You can't see it, but he just did a dab too. Yes, very bad dab. You know, I'm 41, so <laughs> the dabs don't come easy. I guess uh, I don't I, know. I, I get it. So, what made you want to get a degree in economics? So everybody has to have a plan, right? Mm-hmm. And so my plan is to spend 25 years in the fire service, and I eventually want to move on to federal politics. And so I believe that every politician should know something about the economy. And instead of having so many attorneys or lawyers, whatever you want to say, as being their legislators, I think that having a little bit of differing views with having scientists or doctors or economists would only help the situation. So I think the economy is one of the biggest things that most everybody really needs a grasp of mm-hmm. when it comes to their knowledge. So Absolutely. Well, what do you feel about the economy right now with everything that's going on with COVID? Like, well, I do you think feel like it's in a good spot or with all the stimulus checks and everything? Do you think that's an issue? No, I don't think it's a huge issue. I do think that our economy is doing as well as it can, mm-hmm. given the current situation. I think the stimulus checks were appropriate. I do think that there's going to be more, mm-hmm. but that being said, they're doing the best they can with what was given to them. There are a few other things that I think they could look into, but we're in a Keynesian kind of economy mm-hmm. and, you know, we, uh, 
we utilize the best tools that we have available to us uh, for the Federal Reserve. And that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, right? Because, I mean, everybody I see out there is bashing Trump. Like, you need to do this and you need to do, need to do that. Just armchair quarterbacking it. Well, he wasn't expecting this to happen. It just kind of happened on the fly. Right. He was not expecting a pandemic to occur <laughs> in his third year as president right. uh, going up for re-election. No. Yeah. I don't think anybody says, hey, just bring that one on. But that being said, you know, I think the the government is doing the best they can as far as the economy goes. Mm-hmm. I do have my other personal opinions uh, about the current administration, but Again, I could bore you to death with an economic talk, but we're not here for that today, nor are we here for politics. So No, we're not. But last <laughs> politics question I'll ask you, do you want to run for president one day? So I think that would be amazing, yeah. But the ultimate goal is a U.S. senator. U.S. senator. Yeah, that's the goal. Well, look at you. Yes. You can, uh, you can bring me along with you. I'll be really? honest. I'm just kidding. No, I, I, I would not be. I would not be good in politics. I would speak too much of my mind and probably piss some people off that I don't need to. So it's okay to speak your mind as long as you're not disrespectful. Fair enough. I think, and as long as the person that's receiving your message understands that you're only coming from a place of of where you're at, mm-hmm. and they can kind of understand things. So I, th- I think that's what's wrong, really, in this world, is yeah, specifically. If I tell somebody who is a a very huge Trump supporter that I am not in favor of this policy, this policy, and this policy, but this other policy and this other policy that he has is good, then they can kind of feed off that in two different ways. One, they can say, I totally understand what you're saying. This is how I personally feel. Or they could just shut down. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we have too many people that just kind of shut down if they don't hear what they wanted to hear. Well said. And so I think if we could just take maybe some of that understanding a little bit further mm-hmm. and and know that people are coming from a different place than where you are, maybe we'd have a little more, I don't know. Harmony. Harmony. That's a good word. <laughs> That's the proper way to put it. Yes. See, maybe I'm cut out for politics after I all. I think you could be. <laughs> no, I'm good with where I'm at. I love what I do. I know you do too. Um, uh, so we talked a little about economics and politics. We're done with that. Cause Good. <laughs> we don't want to put people to sleep. You know, it's a conversation that we'll enjoy, but what did you do before leading up to your career at the fire service? So before the fire service, when I got out of high school, I went straight to construction work, decided that that was not great. I would yeah. rather, sweat on the inside indoors where the AC's at, then sweat outdoors <laughs> where the sun and, you know, but, uh, after that I moved into the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. And so I was a bartender for a while. And Ooh. then I moved on into, um, the kind of the real estate industry and real estate in regards to me was I would work for a title company, mm-hmm. which we were the middlemen, the fiduciary that kind of handled everything from the mortgage lender, the banker, the brokers, all that stuff. Everybody came to us, the buyers, the sellers, the refinancers to sign all their paperwork and make sure that their loans pretty much are above par and and, and get funded. Gotcha. So So at what point in time did you have that conversation with yourself? Like I'm done with this and I want to go into the fire service. (laughs) 
So I enjoyed what I did. Like mm-hmm. I really did. I loved talking to people. I loved uh, closing loans for them. I loved it when the when the mortgage brokers would come in. Uh, Captain White, me and him mm-hmm. actually worked together back in the day, and so that's how I've known him for so long. And I loved closing those loans for the guys. I mean, I I really had an enjoyable time. And it wasn't till Captain Ford approached me. Me and him have been buddies since I was 21, so 20 years now. Uh-huh. He approached me and said, hey, man, why don't you just be a firefighter like me? This is back when he was still a firefighter. And I just simply said, okay, what do I need to do? <laughs> so there was no like actual thing that got me out of the mortgage industry. It was just Captain Ford saying, why don't you just be a firefighter? And he showed me the way to be a volunteer firefighter in Frisco and I got my certifications and mm-hmm. got hired April 23rd, 2012. Wow. Awesome. Good for you. Yeah. So you've been in Frisco. I can't do math very well. That's how long? Eight years paid. Eight years paid. Okay. What about with volunteer? So we volunteered for about a year and a half. Okay. And then went right. To, okay. That's a pretty fast transition. That's yeah. awesome. They got to keep your spot in Frisco. Yes. That was very nice. That's how we did it back in the day uh, before we had so many people and, and before Chief Island, mm-hmm. we had a volunteer program, which is good and bad. Uh, the good thing is you could try out guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bad thing now is that it'd be very difficult considering the current state of the fire service and Absolutely. what's all around us. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hiring. So if you were to tell people, hey, you can volunteer here and then maybe we'll hire you. Well, okay, well, let's just be honest. They're probably going to go to a different city and yeah, start getting money. Absolutely. You know? Sure thing. So I, there's good and bad things to the volunteer service. We're just too big of a department, I believe, right now to do a volunteer service in regards to grown men oh, yeah. coming to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a project that I have working on in the background, which is to have high school students you know, earn their fire certifications through us, hopefully at some point in time in the next five, 10 years. That'd be awesome. Where they can have an actual program and learn a trade throughout high school. And then when they're done with high school, can come into the fire service. I love that. That's very cool. Almost like our own fire academy. Mm -hmm. Got the training facility. Seems like we have the means in play. We have most of them, but there's still a lot more to go. Gotcha. We have to to get more of the uh, training facility built and then you have to have you have to get all the proper paperwork in place, and then you have to have guys to put on the training. Well said. Pro- progress in motion, right? There you go. <laughs> Bingo. So, Cap, how long have you been an officer for now at Frisco? So, I promoted to lieutenant October 1 of 2018? Yeah, okay. 18, because I promoted to captain June of 19. Gotcha. And we had a little bit of a conversation beforehand about, you know, what it means to be an officer. And I kind of want to give you the floor to talk about that. So obviously it's a little bit different being an officer, like we talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, you see a little bit more and there's a lot more that goes on at the top sometimes, but what does it mean for you to be an officer and in charge of people's lives? So the biggest thing is that you have to understand that you are responsible for someone's safety. So anytime you go on an emergency call, it could be something as what we would think is little as 
just a normal medical emergency? Well, now we have to contend with the current pandemic and we have to make sure everybody is being as safe as possible. You know, we used to all run in, charge in, let's go take care of this person. And now we have to kind of hold ourselves back Mm -hmm. and say, hey, let's send one person in with their PPE on and make sure everything's okay. And then they can tell us what they need. Mm -hmm. And so just understand that you're responsible for their health and safety, number one. And getting the job done is paramount. But at the end of the day, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't take care of others. Mm-hmm. And then being an officer is more of affecting change, I think. So, hmm. you know, you hear some guys say, man, I wish we could do this. I wish we could do that. Well, if you're an officer, you can have a little bit more leeway into affecting that change. Mm-hmm. Now, as a lieutenant or captain, even battalion chief, I'm sure you're getting things from the top that's coming down to you. And then you're getting things from the bottom that's coming up to you. (laughs) And you're trying to do your best to understand where everybody's coming from. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you want to get the job done. You want to keep everybody safe. So as long as you understand your core values of what you want to get done, then you can affect a, a good amount of change with the guys that you have around you. So absolutely. I love that. You know, just kind of leading by example. And I guess mm-hmm. that kind of segues me to my my next question. What does it mean, especially from an officer perspective, to lead by example? What does that mean to you? Well, to me, leading by example means doing everything that you remember that you did as a rookie. Look, I don't have a lot of time during the day. I have a lot of things going on mm-hmm. with just general administrative duties. You know, when we get back from a call, I have to do reports. There's so many things that we kind of push down on the firefighters. Like, Hey, we need to get your, get your bunker gear checks in, make sure the training's (laughs) entered in a firehouse, make sure that your reports are QA'd in ESO, you know, all these little things. So I don't have a lot of time. So it, it, it makes me happy when I'm able to go to, let's just say the laundry room. Mm-hmm. And pull out someone else's clothes and be able to fold them <laughs> because nine times out of 10, my clothes are already folded by somebody else. Uh-huh. And so it really, I really enjoy doing those things. Uh, stuff that you would just consider more of a, a, a rookie responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then being able to sometimes, you know, clean up and put away the dishes late at night if we get back from a run and, I get done with my report and I go in there and I see my three man putting up dishes, you know, go in there and put up dishes. Don't just go to bed, you know, right. understand that it's those little things, those little moments that can really have an impact on how your men and women see you as a leader. Don't walk by something that you can fix. Just those general things. Just stay excited. Yeah. Go train, get out there, get dirty. Understand that this is a, this is a blue collar job. Granted, you know, as you get up there as an officer, you're going to be doing more, I would say, computer administrative stuff. <laughs> of course. But man, you have to get your hands dirty. There should never be a day that goes by as an officer that you did not put on your gear. Well said. So, well, I mean, you're, you're making this easy for me because you're, you're just <laughs> leading me my, my next question for you. But okay, before I preface that, I've had the privilege of working alongside you a couple of shifts uh, when I started at station four and 
you know, swinging out, of course, with staffing changes and things from time to time. One thing I always remember about you is your just tenacity and go-getter mentality about training. And, you know, you just, you talked about that and hit on that, the importance of training, but you love to put your gear on too. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's important, like we talked about, to lead by example, by putting on your gear and getting out there and setting the tone for the rest of your crew? So I think it's important for your crew to see you out there and also see you make the mistakes. Mm -hmm. I think so many times um, officers get put on maybe a different level Mm -hmm. to, to our detriment. Sometimes we do it to ourselves where we don't feel like we can make mistakes around people. And we have to, you know, when we make a mistake, we have to own it as well, especially in training. Just the other day we were doing the Denver drill and I should have unbuckled the victim's, SCBA and swung it around mm-hmm. the legs before I moved them because when I started moving them, the air pack was just riding right up their back. Uh-huh. So I learned from that. I owned it. Everybody was there. They saw that. So that's the thing. Just because you're an officer, especially me, I mean, I've only got eight years experience, mm-hmm. but just because you're an officer, you don't know everything, you know? So mm-hmm. Jimmy, you could go to a training from outside the department and learn something cool and neat and you can bring it back to us and we can utilize that to make ourselves better and safer. And mm-hmm. that's the deal with training. You have to get out there as an officer. I don't think you have to necessarily set the tone. Mm-hmm. If you have the right people around you who can help you set the tone, mm-hmm. but just seeing someone go through it with you, it's different. If your officer is out there, they're bunked out and they're just standing there. Mm-hmm. Then if your officer's out there bunked out and they're getting down and dirty with you. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, when you go into a fire, your officer's not just going to be standing there while you have a hose line. Your officer's going to be getting after it. Mm-hmm. So you have to do the same thing in training as you would in real life. Well said. You play how you practice, right? Practice how you play. You do it till you get it right, and then you do it till you can't get it wrong. Yep. Love that. Awesome. What would you say is your favorite part of being an officer in the fire service? I would just say being able to help people. So if I can help you with any kind of life goal that you have, that's what I want to do. That's part of the way that I operate specifically is I'm a service provider. That's I love to, to give of myself to people. That's kind of, in psychology, they call it a love language. Like some people buy gifts for people. Some people do acts of kindness. Words of affirmation. I'm, words of affirmation. I am, I am a giver of my time and energy. So if I can help you with something, that's what I want to do. And that's just kind of it's kind of how I am. I love that. Well, you can tell that in your actions as well. And obviously by you opening up your home for, for me today <laughs> and invading your space, I, I appreciate that too because that's – that's an awesome message. I think a lot of people are going to be able to, to learn from and take away from that. And, you know, speaking of that, you know, me being a young firefighter, there's a lot of other young firefighters listening to this. We're constantly learning from people like yourself and officers. And, you know, that's the beauty, at least on my side, while doing this is listening to y'all and hearing your perspectives and seeing what it's like at the top. So I know how to improve upon myself or be better at the bottom. Like you said, we all meet in the middle. There's some common ground there. 
Oh, but yeah. what would you recommend for maybe some newer guys like me, you know, your rookies, your two, three-year guys, five-year guys even, or so on and so forth, who are, you, you know, what message do you have for them in particular to be able to play their part to help you as an officer? So to play their part, just keep with that attitude of the go-getter. You want to constantly try to be better. That being said, I understand that there are going to be days, some shifts on the weekend where you're just like, look, can we just have a break? And you have to have those. Everything is about a balance. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand how far you can push it to you probably should back off just a little bit so that you can push it even harder the next time. Mm-hmm. And so it can't always be a constant go, 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 because you can burn someone out. Absolutely. And it's, it's that where you need to make sure that when you have the two, three, five, seven year guys that are in this, that they, that they understand what they're working towards as well. Mm-hmm. So the two year guy he's working towards kind of just understanding more about the service itself probably is now a paramedic or has been a paramedic is still on the box is, is trying to understand their role in the, in the station itself mm-hmm. still, you know, the three year guy is just happy the two year guys there. So <laughs> they don't have to do as much on the, on the chores. Uh-huh. You know, the five year guys probably in a, in a position where, they're really thinking about what are the next steps of their career. Mm-hmm. And is it a driver or if they're not already driving? I don't know. But uh, is it driver? Is it is it officer level? And then you move up to the seven and ten year guys, which, you know, if everybody kind of understands where they want to be, we can set goals. Mm-hmm. We can set metrics. We can set these little tiny things where we can achieve those and we can have a path forward. I think that's the the biggest thing that a lot of people miss is that when they're setting up these goals, like for instance, I told you I want to be a U.S. senator, uh-huh. and people always come at me like, "Well, what do you have to do to do that?" And it's, "Well, you have to set these little things. Mm-hmm. So maybe city council first, maybe mayor, you know, state representative, state senate, house of representatives, then U.S. senate. You know, mm-hmm. you got to have these little metrics that you can kind of knock off. Like, okay, this is the path where I need to go. So just like um. Just like if you want to be a driver, mm-hmm. we give you a driver task book. Here are the set specifications that you have to hit so that you can be considered as a driver. So mm-hmm. I think if you can break down your goal into little tiny achievements, then you can make it happen better. But if you just go out there and say, I just want to do this, and you don't really have a plan, right? it's not going to work out. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Well, you talked about these small little goals. Um you know, I, I know what it's like in Frisco, in, you know, being a part of an evaluation process, an annual eval. I'm sure a lot of other departments do that as well. Uh, at least I would hope so. Maybe not. I don't uh, know. You'd be surprised at how lax some other <laughs> cities and departments are. But well, I think we're, I think as far as Frisco goes, we're pretty we're, on top of it. We're pretty on top of it. So what is it like for you as an officer, you know, to sit your guys down one-on-one and have an eval. Is it an awkward thing if you know they're underperforming or are you always trying to push them to, you know, keep promoting or, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that when you're giving somebody an eval? So when you're giving someone an eval, you shouldn't be at a point where it's awkward. Um, it should not be one of those weird talks. You should have already had the talk mm-hmm. or many talks beforehand. 
So when it comes to an eval or even a quarterly, you see these guys every shift, okay? So you have the opportunity there to kind of make sure that you get them in the right direction. If you're they're straying from that direction, you have multiple shifts before their next quarterly or their next eval. So I think if you sit someone down and you tell them something that they weren't expecting, that's on you as the officer. Unless something grossly wrong happened just this shift. Right. It should never be a surprise to them. Mm-hmm. You should never be surprising your guys. This, you should have a constant dialogue. So yeah. that's how I feel. I like that because, I mean, teamwork makes the dream work, right? You got to have open lines of communication at all times. Otherwise, you know, it's going to fail, right? Exactly. So we're, we're nearing our 30-minute break point. No paid ads. I know, right? It goes fast. That went way fast. Everybody said the same thing. This time flies by. You really, even on my end, it's like, holy crap, we're almost at the half hour, right about 27. Yep. So what I want to do, I know you're a new officer, mm-hmm. but you're obviously – you know, someone of, I say of stature because you're very articulate and you're very good at talking to people and, you know, educating people more than just from an officer perspective, but on a personal level as well and finding that perfect mesh point. So what would you say to officers out there in general? What would your words of encouragement be, even though I know that you're still learning yourself as an officer? Well, you're making my head kind of big, I'll be honest with you. (laughs) No, no, it's it's deserved. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, I don't like using the word deserved, I will say that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like using the word earned. But as far as officers go, there's not much I can say to an officer other than as long as you care, you know, be kind and help where you can and, and, and just care about your guys. When you get those little nuggets in your head, you're going to be just fine. Mm. And that's get out there, get after it. There's not much else I could say to somebody else. It's, it's what's in your heart. What's in your heart that, that you can help your guys with. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, to articulate to, uh, to an officer that may have multiple years on me. I, I feel like, I would want to learn from them mm-hmm. than, than me trying to expel this knowledge that I have mm-hmm. to them because I don't have as much. The only thing that helps me, even as a young officer, is I'm 41. You know, I've had a life experience before the fire department. Mm-hmm. So that's it. I like that. You're too humble. <laughs> too, too humble, my friend. Well, Cap, we're going to take a quick little break. I'm going to press pause. If you're listening to this right now, thank you so much for not exiting out yet. We got a lot more good stuff coming your way. Uh, Quick little break, and we'll be right back. All right, we are back from break. We didn't really take a long break, just a quick little pause and transition. But Cap, uh, you know, this is usually the segue point where we, you know, we get away from the professional talk. Yeah, yeah. We get more to the personal talk. Okay. Because everybody wants to know who you are a little bit more. Aside from we already know that you want to be a senator, possibly <laughs> the president one day, which would be awesome. You got my vote. I'm definitely voting for you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. 
So what I want to do really quickly, uh, I guess you could even tie it into our job as firefighters, but a lot of people are struggling, especially right now with COVID with, with their fitness level. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like to work out at home. I'm definitely one of those people. Um, some people don't even like going to the gym, um, which is, which is unfortunate, but it's definitely, it's hard. It's challenging for a lot of people, uh, to make it a priority in their life. But for our job and just life in general, fitness is very important. So extremely, I, I know it's pretty important to you. Is that right? It is. Do you value it? Um, it's necessary to just complete your what I would consider your whole body. I mean, you have to make sure that you are sound in mind and body. Mm-hmm. That way you can be the best that you can be for the people that you serve. Absolutely. Whether that be in your professional career or even just your family mm-hmm. in general. So the healthier you are, the more you can be fit. Like I said, your mind and body, the better, better your outlook is on life. Absolutely. Why do you think it's so hard for people to want to exert effort or exercise? I think we may be in a society where we like instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's difficult to spend that first month, that second month, and maybe even that third month before you actually see the transformation that you were looking at. I think we may set too many higher expectations on people. I was listening to someone the other day and they said, look, the gym is not for people to get fit. The gym is for fit people to look at themselves. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I I love that. (laughs) So I thought it was funny. I will say, given the current pandemic, the current situation that we're in, gyms are closed. Mm -hmm. I've never seen as many people out and about as I do now. So I'm extremely Mm -hmm. happy with what I'm seeing personally in my neighborhood. I see more people walking, more people getting after it, doing more at-home workouts, mm-hmm. bodyweight workouts. I could tell you that I've never done as many burpees in my life as I am right now. Good man. Good because man. that's what we have to do. Mm-hmm. I can't go to a gym, nor can we even go to the fire department gym and put you know the weight on the bench and, and get after it. Mm-hmm. So unless you have an at-home gym or have a really good friend with an at-home gym, mm-hmm. you're probably stuck doing your body weight exercises, mm-hmm. which as long as you're getting out there every day, it doesn't matter Absolutely, because this too will pass and you'll be back at the gym if you want to be. Absolutely. So was working out for you or fitness always a priority to you? So I've gone through trials in my life where it was not. Mm-hmm. There have been a few times where I've not worked out at all for a whole year. So I've always been a runner Mm -hmm. and I'll run, but when it came to actual moving weights around, Mm -hmm. as Arnold would say, picking stuff up and putting stuff down, (laughs) um, I, there's been times where I would not do that. Mm -hmm. I would just go with not doing it and running was all I did. And I think, You know, sometimes you can get burnout from it, but in this job, this profession, and anything in life, really, you need to be doing something every day, I would say. Absolutely. I know that people say, hey, just get out there two to three times a week. I think if you're in a maintain Mm -hmm. mode, two to three times a week may work for you. But if you're somebody who's just getting after it, 
you may want to try a little bit more if you have a, a specific goal you want to hit. And like we were saying earlier, you have to have a plan for that goal. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to have like maybe uh, a personal trainer or a fitness instructor that can help you with that. They can understand your biometrics. They can understand where you need to be at this certain point in time. And then let's jump up to the next level because I can tell that you're getting better. So mm-hmm. someone like that would definitely help somebody that's new or trying to get back into it. Well, it goes back to, too, like you said, goals and more, more importantly too, setting realistic goals, things that you can actually achieve more particularly short term, because I think a lot of people, like you said, they, they experience this burnout by setting these long-term goals, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you try and try and try again and keep failing, odds are you're probably going to stop. Yeah, there's only so much that a normal person will be committed to. But if you can, and it's like I always say, prior planning prevents piss poor performance. So if you can set these little goals, like, oh, for this next month, I want to do this many push-ups or this many sit-ups work towards that goal. And then the next month could be, I'm going to add on 10% or 20% or whatever you want to get to. And you have to understand that working out shouldn't be, Hey, I want to look good this month for my wedding. Mm -hmm. It should be, Hey, I want to feel good and I want to live right. And I want to be there when I'm 70 years old with my grandkids and can still get up and walk around Mm -hmm. and I'm not, relegated to a a chair or a walker, (laughs) you know? So it's those little things. So I have, I have a 10 year old stepson Mm -hmm. and and a four year old son. And so I'm 41, he's four. So when he's playing football, you know, in 12 to to 16 or 12 to 14 years, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll be in my fifties well into it. (sighs) And so I still want to be able to go out there and, and, practice and right. run with him. So it's very important to me to be able to keep moving. Absolutely. You're getting close to that AARP cap. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Not everybody can be as young and fit as you. Uh, I'm getting older. I'm almost the big three zero coming up here in two years. Yeah. Two years. Two years. The big three zero. The big three zero. That's a big moment of time, right? It is. You know, I'm not, you know. Sure. <laughs> Did you do anything fun for your 40th birthday? Any, any big party or anything like that? No, I was very specific Uh-oh. that I did not want a big thing to happen. Why is that? I just don't feel like I needed anything big. I think most of my time and energy is really spent with my family. Mm-hmm. And so... If I can just be around them for any special occasion, that's that to me is the best. Not that I don't like being around people, because I'd really do. Mm-hmm. I just, I will say it's it's difficult for someone like me who's more of a giver to receive a lot of accolade and be at the center of attention. Mm-hmm. So even doing this podcast, I feel like I'm not going to be able to give you any type of information that you can use or utilize <laughs> that'll be cog- that'll be that'll be good for your your podcast. I or completely s- disagree. <laughs> so it's like I, I I don't know. I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Where Absolutely. I just don't want the the spotlight on me per se for awards or recognitions. And so 
a birthday is just a birthday. Well, you're just a humble servant. That's why. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> there you I love, go. And I love that. So you talk about being a family man. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what it's like to be a dad. I've got two little fur balls, and that's about the extent of my knowledge. But you know, I, I've had the the privilege of talking with a lot of people, um, not not obviously on this podcast, but even outside of that, who are who are fathers as well. And we talk about that lead by example mentality in both your personal and your professional life. What does it mean to you to be a dad and to set the example for your family? So it's it's an awesome responsibility. Mm-hmm. You have to be the disciplinarian and the motivator at all times. And you have to be able to work with your significant other, you know, so whether you're the, you're the dad or the wife and, or what have you, you have to work with that person as well and make sure that you're both on the same page, that you have the same values, the same goals as, as, as them for your children. Mm. I will say I've never worried as much in my life as when I became a father. Yeah. And as you, as I told you, I have a 10 year old stepson and and before my four-year-old was born, you know, he was more of, I know this is going to sound weird, but he was more of a stepson. Mm-hmm. But now that my four-year-old is in the picture, my stepson is more of a son to me. So I, I appreciate him more because of the four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so the love has only grown over time. And it was weird because when Tristan was born, my four-year-old, I thought I was going to get this overwhelming sense of fatherhood right. immediately. And I didn't. And I thought something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But as the years went on and he became more of his own person and, and you know, you can see him giggle and smile as a baby. And just those months and those years just made the love grow even more. And so I have so much more love and appreciation and, and worry mm-hmm. <laughs> for their health and safety yeah. than I think I've ever had for anybody in my entire life. So. Yeah. Well, you can see it in your face. I know y'all can't see it because you're listening to this, but I could just <laughs> see like the laugh or it, I could see the smile and just the sincerity that, you know, you're just giving off by talking about that and, you know, saying, so you're a very positive individual. You're, positive at work all the time. We can always tell who's talking on the radio because you're, you have a very distinguishable voice. I love it. It makes, <laughs> it makes I think it makes me smile and a couple others every time we hear you, but even in your personal life too, you're just a very positive individual and you, you uplift people. And we talked about that a little bit before. Mm-hmm. I know you're not going to admit that, but I see it. And there's a <laughs> lot of other people who see it. So what does it mean to you to be a person of positivity? Do you think that it's necessary regardless of what's going on in your life to be positive in your personal and professional life. So I think having some positivity is definitely necessary, but to the point where someone is trying to be positive and it's not genuine, that can be a detriment. Mm. So you always want to be yourself. You have to be yourself first before you can do anything. So if you're true to yourself, then you'll always be able to help other people. Whether you come in and you're you're not having the greatest of day, you can express that. You can tell somebody, hey, I'm not having the best day. This is what happened, and and this is what I think is going on. And maybe you and another person or you and a group of buddies can can figure out how to make it better. And so I think being positive is is kind of 
where I'm at mm-hmm. and I'm positive most of the time. I feel like I'm very patient and calm, mm-hmm. but that's just who I am. I don't want somebody to try to just be someone else. Right. You have to be your own person. But I think if you have a core group of people that you can talk to whenever you're not feeling so uppity and positive mm-hmm. and you're feeling down, then then you can affect some change. So, Absolutely. Be true to yourself. Absolutely. Well, just creating that environment too, right? Like you said, is they may, they may, may not catch on or learn today, but maybe days, weeks, months from now, they're going to catch on. They're going to see it. They're like, okay, you know, yeah. this, is a, this is a good thing for me or this is a good thing to, to emulate. Right. And, and, and in real life, in the real world, you cannot be 100% positive all the time. I so you, you can see those people that come into work and they're super positive. You have an officer at your station who I think is probably the most positive person I have ever met. Oh, yeah. And he can make, he makes me smile and laugh. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, he's hilarious and he's so just uppity. He's mm-hmm. got that energy, but you know, you can always tell when he's not having a good day either. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't put so much pressure on yourself to always be the positive person. Mm-hmm. This is real life, man. You're going to have days where you're not going to feel like getting up. You feel like you don't want to go work out, but it's those days where you really need to hone in on who is your who is your person that you can talk to that can kind of get you back to center because mm-hmm. somehow you've been skewed off somewhere. So you want to make sure that when those days come, you have someone that you can speak with and get you back on track. And those are the, the most important days. Those days you come in positive, feeling great, those days they take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. The ones you got to focus on, or when you're not feeling so uppity. I love that. Awesome. Very good stuff. Impressed for putting <laughs> you on the spot like that. That's great. So, Cap, we're going to ask you a few arbitrary questions. Ooh. For those of my friends that are out there listening to this that are not very educated, arbitrary means random. So, <laughs> we're going to ask you a few couple of random questions. How about that? Okay That's that? good. I was hoping we could have like a peepaw session. Old peepaw. That's Craig. <laughs> Old Craig. Craig runs around the station in his grandpa's socks. That's why he's, he was deemed oh, peepaw. That's peepaw. where that, that's okay. where that came from. I was wondering where that came from. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for the arbitrary questions. The arbitrary yes. questions. Okay. I got to think of the questions to ask you because well, I don't have fine. any prescriptive questions. What would you do if? You opened your bank account right now, and there was a million bucks in there. What would you do with it? Pay off all my debt. <laughs> I don't else? know. You don't a know? million dollars? A million bucks, man. Did I earn it? Uh, technically, because it's it wound up in your account. Uh, I don't know. So, a million dollars. Is this one of those weird questions where it's like, hey, somebody gives you a million dollars, what are you going to do with it? Yep. Well, you said pay off debt. So what are you doing after your debt's gone? After the debt's gone? Uh, just make sure everybody's taken care of, I guess. When I say everybody, I mean the core group that, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. And go from there. I think there's a quite a few different charities, I think, are well-deserving of some extra cash flow. Mm-hmm. So... Man, that's a that's a difficult question. All of I, you on so far, I've asked I think four out of five of you the same question, and yeah. you've all said the same thing. Oh, really? Give it away or help somebody. 
Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't give it away <laughs> at first. Again, I would take care of me and my family first. I, I, I'm not trying to be selfish, but you have to, you know, you have to take care of, of, of some things, you know, they, these people rely on you, mm-hmm. your family relies on you. So, you know, that'd be a, that'd be a joint decision between me and my wife. Uh, there, Let's just be is, honest. There's the answer we're looking for. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> there's the answer. Um, where's it? Where's one place that you've always wanted to travel to? One place yet I've, to go to. I've always wanted to travel to. I've yet to go to. So I haven't spent much time in England. Hmm. I've touched down at Heathrow on a connection, uh-huh. and that's it. I really want to spend some time on the island, and with my wife. She she used to live there for a little bit. She did an internship. Mm-hmm. But I've been to Moscow. I've been to Cape Town. I've been to a lot of places. I've been to Germany, France, um, Amsterdam. I mean, I've been to a lot of Just places. A world traveler. Only because of my friends. Yeah. My friends always had the ideas to go to these places mm-hmm. and or the wherewithal and the ability. So I was able to tag along. And it's it's been fun. Yeah. Awesome. What does a picture-perfect retirement look like to you? I know you want to be a senator, mm-hmm. but let's say after 25 years in the fire service, mm-hmm. you just want to be done. Okay. Well, what does a picture-perfect retirement look like? Having a house next to a body of water. Ah, okay. And traveling a lot. All right. Which body of water? Either the Pacific or the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Are those the only two oceans you know? Is that why he chose those? Well, no, I mean, <laughs> hey, I feel like I'm pretty well educated. Uh, you are. Um, it, it would be great. I mean, I would love, we just talked about it the other day. How cool would it be to retire in England mm-hmm. or Germany? I can tell you that there's no greener place on earth that I have seen than Germany. Hmm. It is gorgeous. If you get a chance, you got old castles, you got people with a lot of culture. Mm-hmm. It's just, I suggest everybody get out, get out of the United States, just understand another country, another culture and see how people view the world. Because Mm -hmm. if all you know is your little circle where you've been, you haven't stretched enough in your life. I like that. Well, you you just uh, picked me out of that crowd. Definitely. Cause (laughs) I stay within a bubble. Uh, I stay within a 10 mile bubble. Yeah. But you had, you're, you're still in your twenties for now. I'm getting close. Oh God! <laughs> Starting to bald and get some gray hair here and there. Whatever. Run out of energy. Oh, <laughs> Run out of gas. No. So if you had a podcast of your own, what would you name it? Wow. I don't know where that came out of your head. I just thought of it. Just thunked it up. Just thunk it up. Hmm. If I had a podcast, what would I name it? Man, I have no idea, to be honest with you. I'd say... Uh, well, while you're thinking, would you even want to start a podcast? Is this your thing or no? Nope. Nope. Not your thing? This is not my thing. I would enjoy... I enjoy podcasts. I listen to How I Built This. I listen to uh, Freakonomics Radio. I listen to a lot of business and economic stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I have one motivational podcast that I listen to. 
It's called Mind Over Matter. Wow. I don't know if you've uh, ever heard of it. I was about to say, if you didn't pick mine, I'm just going <laughs> to I'm gonna take these headphones off and we're done here. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think if I had a podcast, it would just be a random thing. One week, we'd talk nothing but economics. And one week, we'd talk about how to fix a pergola. Oh, God. So, I don't know if anybody's going to listen to that. Exactly. It would be the most <laughs> random. And that's the thing. You have to... I think as a podcast, you have to stick to what you know best. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Hey, there's your title right there. Oh, there you go. Bingo. You see? Bingo. I, I got what I wanted out of you. Yes, you did. Just a, You're psycholo- a good host. Psychology major in disguise. <laughs> just kidding. Let's see here. I had one more good one for you, and it just absolutely slipped my mind. I'll come back to it. Yeah. But what I want to do, because we are nearing the end. You provided a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Leave us with a little bit more. And I know you've listened to all of the podcasts before. I give everybody, however long they're feeling, just straight off the top, off the rip, whatever's on your heart, whatever you want to say to people listening to this that have listened this far. Mm. So the floor is yours. Okay. The floor is mine. Well, I think the first thing I would say, since this is more of a motivational podcast is understand that like i said earlier there's going to be days where you're not going to want to get after it but those are the most important days where you need to have a buddy someone that you can talk to and somebody that can help you get back to center and and get you going to where you need to be and get after it again because if you let those days pile up then all of a sudden you're not going to be doing anything anymore but as far as when it comes to work and stuff, you know, get out there and train. Get out there and make sure you're doing something. And I learned something a long time ago from uh, Captain Jaton. Mm. And he said something to me that just stuck. And he said, Keith, we, we want to be elite. We don't want to be elitist. And I don't know where he got it from, but I got it from him. So I'm going to credit him. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me. So. You want to train to the point where you know that you have done all you can to be as good as you can for that day. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it next shift. You could always do something better, but you don't want to walk around, you know, and just brag about all the stuff that you do. So be elite. Don't be elitist. And um, one thing for those that are struggling with motivation that always stuck with me was, uh, I've listened to Jocko. Oh, yeah. I've listened to Goggins. And another thing that stuck was Rocky, right? Oh, yeah. Rocky Balboa. Uh-huh. And he has a quote, and I know most of the guys who probably listen to this and, and women that listen to this have probably heard this quote before. But right. in life, it really is. It's not about how hard you can punch. It's about how hard you can get punched and just keep moving forward. Because life isn't easy. Anybody that tells you it is, is, I don't know. Right. (laughs) They're crazy. But uh, they, when it comes to you and and getting after it, you're going to have those days, but just keep moving forward and keep, keep on keeping on. So I don't really have much more to say than that. Those two things kind of keep me going. You know, you're going to get punched in the face a lot, but just keep moving forward. And, And when you train and you know you're good, you don't have to be boastful about it. You can be elite. You don't have to be an elitist. Mm-hmm. So 
those are those are two big things that I've I've taken with me currently so far. And there's a lot of people that have helped me along the way. I mean, throughout life, there's been many of trials and tribulations, and I wouldn't have enough time in a whole day to list off everybody that's helped me. But, you know, you always got to have your your core group of people and, and learn from everybody you, you come in contact with. And as my good friend would say, be nice, help where you can, and don't mm-hmm. be a dickhole. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you one more question, but we're going to end on that. That's pre- <laughs> now, now that I can't top that. That's, yeah, there that, you go. That's perfect. I love that. Well, Cap, thank you so much for opening up your house and providing everybody some awesome content today. That's what this is all about. If people do want to get in contact with you in the future, where do they contact you and how? Uh, well, let's see. I can always go through you. And you could give them my information. I'll be selective. <laughs> I mean, I do have a Facebook. I have no Twitter, no Instagram. Oh, my God. None of that stuff. Hey, you know what? I'm You're going to be not, a senator. I will one day. I promise. You got to get on deal. it. I feel bad for the current generation <laughs> that has grown up with the internet and oh, all yeah. these social media. At least when I was growing up and doing things that probably shouldn't be on social media, mm-hmm. there was no social media. Fair enough. So, you know, I'll get a social media account other than Facebook. Hey, I was on MySpace at one point in time. Oh, do you even God. know what that is? I do know what that is. <laughs> I just forgot my password and everything on it. <laughs> so they can't find you on social media except for Facebook. Right. What else can they, I know you don't want to give out your phone number, but do you have an email that people can reach you at possibly? Yeah, it's keithegall at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. Pretty easy. <laughs> You're probably going to get so many spam links of just like bad things, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. People would be kind. We've had a lot of people actually reach out to some of our guests, which is why I do this at the end. Oh, good. Yeah. Which is cool. I guess this is about, this is educational for, yeah. for people. And, you know, I want to encourage you to reach out to Captain Gall if you need any help or assistance or, you know, have any more questions about what he has, because obviously we're limited on time. Uh, because you have a bad attention span. I have a bad attention span. I don't want to say Cap has a bad one because, you know, well, he's shaking his head. So, okay, maybe he does. But uh, so time permitting, obviously, we can't go too, too long, like a Joe Rogan podcast of three hours. So if you do want to talk to Cap a little bit more, uh, you know where to reach him now. Uh, As far as for me, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and lots of other social media. You all see me post all the time. You probably silenced me and muted me. That's cool. I don't care. But <clears throat> that's where you could find me. Uh, if you're a first-time listener to this podcast, Mind Over Matter, thank you for pressing play. Thank you for listening to Captain Gall today. And if you want to hear more awesome content in the future, you can press subscribe, especially if you're on Apple Podcast, And you can share it on your own social media if you're unlike Cap and actually have social media. Uh, because the more people that we can get to listen to this, the bigger the platform is going to be for future guests to be able to hit home and resonate with their messages that they have for you. So cap, thank you so, so much. Thank you Jimmy. for being here. And for those of you listening, thank you so much. And we'll see you for the next episode later in the week. Y'all have a good day. <laughs>